Welcome to the Apologies Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Whistle-Fenton. I created this podcast to promote healing and repair. Each episode, I invite my guests to share an apology that they've been carrying. The only rule is that it has to be for a person they are no longer in contact with. My dream is that at least some of these apologies might actually reach their intended recipients. I also hope this podcast reinforces the idea that as different as we may seem, we're all just people and we all carry stuff. So with each guest, we'll first spend some time just learning who and how they are before hearing their apology. Today, we'll be talking with Charvi Modi. She's a geopolitical journalist by profession and a traveler at heart. She's spent more than 13 months of the past two years budget backpacking across India, living and working in remote villages in the hills, by the sea, and in the desert. Charvi, welcome to the Apologies podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sorry, my puppy's constantly barking and that might be in the audio. Oh, what kind of puppy? Uh, he's a Shih Tzu. Oh, they're so cute. He just had his paws washed, so he's really anxious and he's just barking his head off right now. Oh, poor Papa. <laughs> okay, so uh, before we get started, where are you right now? I am based in Mumbai in India. And I'm here for my job, so I'm living here with my family right now. And I asked that because you just spent more than 13 months not in one place. You were backpacking across India. Yeah. What prompted you to take that journey? <laughs> uh, a number of reasons, I guess. The biggest reason was that it was COVID times and it wasn't... Uh, really that much of a health scare I guess at that point we were just waiting for the government to officially tell us that it's fine to go back and resume your life as normal so it was just that long one-year buffer period in the middle so I decided that now was the time that I had an online job I had a stable source of income that I had nowhere else to spend so I figured instead of staying at home I should just leave with a one-way ticket and then see as much as I can and get the most of that year. And that's what I did. How much traveling had you done before this? Uh, a little bit. I would say I've been to a few countries before this, but this was my first time doing everything solo. So that was a whole uh, new exciting experience that I didn't have the courage to do before. But once I started doing that, it just got so addictive so quickly that I couldn't stop and I just kept going to the next place without really thinking about home as much. Were your parents supportive of this trip? Initially, I don't think they thought that I would actually leave for so long because I told them I would go for a month and I would come back. But then I had to come back home for a little bit after two and a half months because my granddad was in the ICU during COVID. So I came back home for a couple of days and then I left again. But then I, I told them that I'm going for three months now and that just turned on into almost a year after that. So after that, they just uh, realized that I'm doing fine on my own and they don't have to worry and they were really supportive after that because uh, my dad, he loves to travel. He's the one who introduced me to backpacking. He's the one who introduced me to the culture of living in hostels. 
so he was always supportive and then my mom eventually developed her trust after she saw that i was doing okay and i'm happy if i can just ask how how is your grandpa did he recover oh he's fine he he he's fine now okay good good i'm glad to hear that yeah. how did you chart your course like did you have a plan or did you just sort of go with how events unfolded initially i didn't really have a plan i just knew that there was this one valley in the himalayas that i wanted to go to because everybody since i was in college i think used to tell me about how great this couple of villages in this valley were so i always wanted to see that and after that i decided i would just go with the flow and see what else i find out from the locals or from the other travelers that are there and i would just meet people and that's how I planned my trip so initially it was really random and then i realized that i'm not really being practical because i'm going all over the map in directions that aren't really logical and i'm maybe losing money by doing that even though it's exciting to do it so randomly and spontaneously so then i started mapping my trip out a little bit not in too much detail i never booked anything in advance so that i had that flexibility but at least i had some idea of what would make sense to do if i went in one direction you said that you left with a one way ticket and i'm thinking about i did something similar after i finished my undergrad i did a work abroad program and i went to the uk and i i remember having this like one way ticket there and that moment of sitting on this train going up to the scottish highlands was a time that is really vivid for me of just feeling pure happiness. I mean, I was also really nervous because I didn't know anybody and yeah. I didn't really, similarly, I had a little plan for the beginning, but I just remember feeling so alive and so much joy. And so <laughs> I'm wondering for you, what emotions come up for you, both when you were on this trip and as you reflect back on it? Oh my God. So... <laughs> Two years before I went on this trip, I was diagnosed with clinical depression and things were really hard. Everyday life was hard. And then just coming back home during the pandemic and uh, living with my parents again after 11 years of living independently, that change was really big. That was uh, hard. And then I went through a messy breakup. So like basically everything was just piling on onto me that year. But... Uh, I can't even describe this feeling in a word, Lindsay, but it was like pure peace inside every single day. Even my bad days were on such a high note and it was just such a natural high. It was so powerful. I didn't need any external validation or I just did not need anything to keep me going. It was, I remember the time that I just started my trip and I realized that everything's falling into place without me trying for it. That made me smile so much that I remember the first week, my cheeks were just hurting from how much I was smiling, even though I was just alone. <laughs> it was so good. And I was working during this whole time. So I was working from almost 9am to 4pm every day. And some days at my job were really hard too, because I wasn't really enjoying my job in the work environment during that time. But even on those days, the, happy, the high of my natural happiness was so high. It was amazing. I think I still have the after effects even now that I've been home for a while. I still feel it. That's so 
so wonderful. And I can see it on your face while you talk about this. It reminds me of a quote I love, travel far enough, you meet yourself. Yeah. Who was the self you were before this trip and, and who is yourself now? I think I was always kind, but now I think uh, I have a deeper empathy and a deeper love for people. I realized that when I'm living in the city, and since I live in Mumbai, which is really big and crazy and urban, I don't really stop and interact with people because everybody's always running, everybody's headed somewhere, you're always late to something. But when I traveled, I realized that people are so beautiful on the inside that it just, uh, it was a good reminder that I had lost touch with while living in the city. So even though now that I'm back, I just find myself paying a lot more attention to what people are saying. And I think I have a lot more acceptance for different kinds of people and a lot of empathy. And I think that was something I needed to have that trust back. So you talked about having been diagnosed with major depression. Were you still kind of in in that diagnosis when you set off on that trip? Uh, I might have been. I might have been. Um, I can't really tell you for sure because I stopped seeing my therapist once I left the United States and moved back home to India after my master's. But yeah, I was, uh, like I told you, I was going through a rough time at that time because of all the huge changes that were happening in my life. So I'm sure that there was definitely something inside me that needed to be fulfilled again. And I couldn't have asked for a better way to do that. It was so healthy for me. Did you start to feel that, I don't know, like lifting or, or filling of soul almost immediately or was it was it kind of gradual as the trip went on initially I was really scared so when I started out I had this one really close friend of mine who also started the trip with me but she had told me that she would have to go back home in two weeks because she had to go back to work and I was so scared that whole time I kept trying to convince her to not leave me alone and just stay for a little bit extra but that didn't happen in the first day that she was gone and I was uh, all by myself, I was completely clueless and a little anxious. And uh, I have this uh, strange coping mechanism of getting piercings when I'm anxious. So that's what I did the first time. And I ended up making friends with the lady who pierced my ears. She was also a tattoo artist and she had this really cute puppy. So that's how I ended up making friends with her and her entire family. And I realized that, like, that was my... The first few hours of my trip alone that I realized that maybe I'm going to be okay. And then I moved to a different hostel and then I met another group there. And then uh, we just went on a really random trip to a village that I've never even heard of before. And now I have really fr close friends in that village. So I, I knew that within like two, three days, everything, I, I just knew everything was going to be okay, more than okay. And that's interesting because I've done travel alone and I've done travel with other people and I feel like what you're describing with making friends with the piercing artist that pierced your ears is so <laughs> like I just I just connect with a lot of what you're saying of I've been in that situation where you're alone and it is so scary but I also feel like when you're with someone that you know you kind of cling to each other in a way that maybe you're not as open for establishing those new relationships as you are when you're Absolutely. solo and have no choice mm -hmm. 
No, that that's so true. This, and especially as a woman, when I travel alone, uh, and I don't know if this is just true for India or everywhere, but if if I'm traveling with another person, and especially if that's a man, or if if it's a group of people that have men right. in it, it's uh, really easy for people to ignore me and just act like I'm invisible, and they will always just address the men in the group. And that just never sat well with me. So when I, I realized that when I'm traveling solo, people are actually talking to me because there's nobody else. And it, it, that was different. Like I was actually able to talk to so many more people while traveling solo. So that was kind of powerful. Were there ever times you felt unsafe? Yeah, I did actually. Um, oh, a bunch of times. Uh, maybe I was just being paranoid and... It wasn't, uh, maybe I was just making a big deal about it in my head, but I always carry a jacket with me to cover up. And then I try not to go out too late in the night or with too, just if I didn't know a man too much, I tried not to go out with them if I had, a, if I just sensed that the vibe was a little off. But overall, I, I don't think I've actually ever been in danger. Maybe I sensed it, but I never... Oh, fortunately was ever in a position where I was uh, where my safety was compromised and you talked about wearing a jacket you mean just to kind of cover your cover your form and like hide your identity a little bit yeah 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 just yeah yeah the precautions we have to take Uh I go ahead uh, this uh, one girl I met in a hostel last month she told me that before she came to India she actually got contraception because it was such a real possibility in her head of the bad things that could happen that she just wanted to be prepared of that in advance and it was just sad to hear but I I, I relate like it's it's difficult to just go out in the world alone as a woman and then expect that nothing will happen to you but it, it I do have more trust in people now. You stayed in I feel like every kind of landscape that's available what are some of the highlights for you in terms of scenery or maybe maybe even specific towns or villages that you went to that you loved perhaps even more than you expected to Uh, so I started my trip up north in the Himalayas and uh, I was in the lower ranges there so it wasn't really too much mountain it was more of just like more flatlands I guess but I mean in the first few weeks itself I, there were a lot of uh, crazy layers and layers of mountain ranges that I was seeing from just any spot that I was standing at and that was mind-blowing to me that standing at one particular spot I can I actually counted in a lot of places and on average I think there was 12 or 13 layers of mountains I could see Wow. To the horizon, and that was just mind-blowing to me in the beginning. And in the beginning, since I started in the summer, so all of these mountains were green. And then as I moved along, as I moved up north, then they started getting really brown and large and not, like, I couldn't see as many layers, but then there were just huge brown mountains everywhere in different shades of brown, like just orange, red, and... Oh, it was crazy. I can't even imagine how many kinds of brown mountains they can be and they can still be so pretty to you. (laughs) So, yeah, so, uh, and that was all near the border of China, I think. And that was mind-blowing because um, there's just no vegetation on these mountains, but still in the middle of it, there's just sparkling blue water out of nowhere. 
So biking through there was really crazy. And then I came down south, I think once the monsoon started, because there's a huge uh, risk that you could be stuck in landslides if you're up in the north during the monsoon. So I had to move down south. And then once I was there, I started living by the coast. So I lived on the beaches and on the backwaters. So that was just a really slow life. Oh yeah, in the desert. I did the desert last month. So I gifted that to myself on my birthday. And uh, I lived in the desert just under the stars, no tent, no people, nothing for a while. So that was really crazy. Wow. All of this just sounds so perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I lived through that. I would regret never giving myself that chance to experience that. I also feel like on trips, some of the best stories are when things seem to go like ridiculously wrong or when there's some mishap or I don't know, luggage is lost or trains are missed or, you know, it's, it seems to always be the, the goofs that you look back on and are so vivid in your mind. So I'm wondering if you have a moment like that where maybe in the moment you were stressed out or something didn't go how you envisioned it, but it ends up being like a really strong memory of your trip for you. Oh, and this so one place I went skinny dipping, uh, thinking that there is nobody here, so this is the perfect time to go there. And at the moment I got into the water, literally in a minute and a half, there were like 17 people and a dog there, and it was just I couldn't stop laughing. I just didn't know how to get out of that situation, but it was. It was so, how weird. did you exit this situation? Oh, so there was a group I saw that was coming down the mountain from one side and I, I was in complete panic mode. I was thinking, oh, this is it. Like, this is how I'm going to go viral. <laughs> and I'm just totally <laughs> panicking at this point. Um, and there's a group of foreigners in the group and there's a couple of Indian people. And one of the guys, he had like these snorkeling glasses. So I was thinking, oh, great, I'm not just like naked in this water. I'm actually going to, like, he's actually going to go down in the water with these glasses and see everything and I'm freaking out, but I still can't stop laughing. <laughs> and um, then my friend just swam to him and uh, he was like, oh, hey, we're in this uh, funny situation. And then I guess like the guy saw that we were all like trying to cover up and he had all his friends coming. And then there was another group that came and another family came. Uh, so it was just like a bunch of people were gathering in the place and all of them were like get, getting ready to get inside the water. And this guy was like, okay, you can just tell me where your clothes are. He didn't even, like, he just understood what situation we were in. And he went He went out, he got us our clothes and uh, gave them to us. So we got dressed Aww. inside the water and then we just walked out. And then his entire group told us that we respect you for even um, trying this out at a place like this. Oh, <laughs> that's uh, nice. Yeah. In terms of experiences, you devoted some of this trip to crossing off some like bucket list items for yourself. What were some <laughs> of those things that you tried or maybe even pushed yourself out of your comfort zone to try? Yeah, lots of things. So I did a one week surfing lesson, which wasn't planned at all, but I had a train to go somewhere up in the northeast but uh, the ticket didn't conform for me last minute so I had to make a new plan and then I went surfing for a week so 
always wanted to learn a skill that I wouldn't really need every day, but just learn it for the fun of it. And I had the time to do that. So I did that. That was really exciting. And I never got a tattoo. So one day I just went out to buy, I think, bread. And instead of getting bread, I just walked into the tattoo shop and I got my first tattoo. So that was exciting. And I got it in a place that had a lot of meaning for me. Uh, so I checked that out. I went scuba diving in Goa. Then I went paragliding up in Beer. Uh, what else did I do? Can I ask um, if you are comfortable sharing what your tattoo is of? Uh, it's The tattoo is of a wave. It's just a minimalist wave. So like I was telling you that I was really anxious. I am anxious as a person. So especially when I'm alone in situations where I'm with strangers and I'm not really feeling comfortable, I just always used to remind myself to go with the flow and not stress about anything and everything will work out fine like that. And when I actually tried doing that, I turned all my anxiety into so much fun that I started thriving on the fact that now I don't have to be anxious. I just have to go with the flow. And I took that so seriously that I had this in my mind for so long. So I got the wave to remind me to just not be anxious and just go with it. I love that. And I feel like there's probably people listening who are thinking anxious. This woman just went all over the place and went skinny dipping and (laughs) paragliding and scuba diving and all of these things. So I don't know, like, what what do you think the message is for other people who feel too anxious to try new things? No, it can definitely be daunting. It can be so hard. And especially if you're in it by yourself, it's so, so hard to even do basic things sometimes. But I think I just, just, I guess, remind yourself that whatever situation you're in will pass. And I realized that I was able to also get a positive outcome out of those situations that used to make me really anxious. So um, it's, um, it's still a learning process. I'm still getting used to it. But yeah, I think that there's always a... Just if you redirect, if you try to redirect your thoughts, I think it can help sometimes. Five or 10 years ago, would you ever have thought you would have had it in you to to live the last thir- 13 months the way you have? I always wanted to. I've always wanted to go on trips for months on end. I didn't think that I would do it alone. I don't think if that occurred to me, but I always knew that I wanted to do long, slow travels, but to actually have the chance to do that, I I didn't think I would actually have the opportunity where, in fact, uh, I have chickened out before, so I planned solo trips even when I was in college, and I chickened out last minute, and I always ended up, like, just convincing other friends to go with me. Yeah, I don't don't think I would have done that then. It It took years of gathering that courage and then having everything fit in at the same time there can also be kind of a letdown after something like this that is just so such Mm -hmm. a deep experience on so many levels how have you experienced coming back and Mm -hmm. kind of being in one place (laughs) well yeah you touched a raw nerve there Uh, because uh, the first time that I told you when I had to come back home when my granddad was sick 
I came back home after two and a half months and since that was the first time that I had had this experience and realized how amazing that can be to have come back home to so much mm-hmm. emptiness I guess and also because we were still in lockdown and I couldn't really go out and compensate for that life before so I was just stuck at home all day in my job and not doing anything after just it was such a huge huge bummer the first two three weeks that I was back there I just I think I was just taking it out on my mom for calling me back or uh, for different things it it wasn't fair but in my head I was just thinking that I was so much happier when I was in the move and now I'm here but yeah the first couple of weeks were hard I didn't really talk to any of my friends and one of them the the same friend who actually started the trip with me and she came back sooner she got really upset that I wasn't answering her phone or text for almost a month after that and it impacted our friendship for quite a while so it took me a while to get out of that but after that the other long trip that i did after i came back home from that it somehow had this more long term feeling of peace inside me that i'm still glowing from <laughs> so I, that hasn't uh, dissipated yet maybe it will in a while but hopefully i'll be out again by then i was just going to ask do you see another trip like this in your future Oh I do I do in fact it's coming up pretty soon I think right now I've just in like dreamed of it in my head and done a little bit of planning because I'm waiting for a few other things to fall together in order for that trip to happen but yeah I think it should happen in the next hopefully two weeks if things go right can can you share where that trip will be Uh so the first month I'm thinking I'm just going to be in India because I have some things here that I need to finish so I have to be in the country and I'm just going to go around a few places that I wanted to see the last time and I couldn't. Uh and then I have two more weeks of free time after that where I'm not working so I'm hoping I can see Georgia and Turkey during those three weeks. <laughs> So I can just see on your face like this piece that you're talking about and the glow and I just like it radiates like I just feel this beautiful energy coming from you and as you said at the start of this journey you were in a different place and you had just a lot going on and a lot of things you were struggling with so what message would you give to someone listening who is closer to the you that was at the start of this journey and was in is in kind of a darker place and isn't sure that things will get better so for me i think i knew that there's only two things in my life that really make me happy and those are travel and reading and i realized at the point that i was in reading was just keeping me still stuck to one room while i was escaping in my book but then i was just instantly coming back to my reality and that wasn't really helping me at the time so i just decided to follow the only other thing that i i knew for sure would bring me a lot of happiness and i did that and i was just very uh, privileged i guess to have it happen for me at the time that i did it might not always happen but i think maybe if if you know that there is something that will bring you peace just follow your heart and hopefully that helps you take care of yourself in the moment
this has been such a such a fun conversation and like I said it's just so beautiful to see what this trip has done for you but it is it's apology time now so Charvi what apology would you like to share so I've always thought about these two girls that were in my class back in college and uh, so what happened was that I was in my second year of college and I had just broken up with somebody and we had a lot of mutual friends. So as soon as our breakup happened, I ended up losing all of those friends because they started taking sides after the breakup and uh, they refused to acknowledge my presence in a room, really. And our classes at the time were really small and it got really awkward for me to go to class or just do different day-to-day things in my life because... They were just making it so obvious that I'm being ignored. (laughs) So it was just really a very lonely time in my life. And just like I had such a big friend circle before that, that I instantly lost in a very short time. And I just was constantly being reminded of how much stuff I'm missing out on and just always being sad. But eventually, like in a few months time, we, we, the guy and I, we were able to work things out and uh, eventually start talking and hanging out again. And after that happened, then all my other friends started coming back and talking to me too. And I just, uh, this, I think I was smiling again after a year and this huge weight I felt like was on my chest for the last year. It was lifted off and I was just happy to just have a friend circle again. And it was really nice. But then uh, two of the guys in the same group who had initially stopped talking to me, they also broke up with their girlfriends. And basically the same thing started happening to those girls that happened to me. And we were really immature at the time, so it wasn't a really healthy coping mechanism. But they basically told everybody to take sides and not really talk to these girls. So they gave the same instructions that were probably given for me and I guess I was so afraid of losing everybody again right when I had just like found this joy back in my life I was so scared of losing that that I decided to follow that advice and uh, not engage with those girls and it was just so hard because I knew exactly the pain that they were going through And for them, I guess it was worse because these guys actually, so we had this group chat on WhatsApp uh, on which uh, we had 80 or 90 of our classmates. And then um, these guys actually bullied these girls on the group by uh, just airing their dirty laundry and basically just humiliating them in front of so many people that weren't even relevant to what was happening with them. And... uh, I I didn't say anything at that time, but I felt I felt horrible when it was happening, and I just didn't say anything out of fear, and I regret that so much. I regret not reaching out to the girls and letting them know that I understand what they're going through, and and then later on I realized that once uh, I graduated, I realized that I'm not even really in touch with these people that I thought were my friends anymore, and those friendships were so fragile that I just regret that maybe I sided with what was convenient instead of what was right and that's always just stayed with me and I want to apologize to them. Thank you for sharing that in in your story and yourself and your travels and of course your apology with us. No, of course. Thank you. 
was Charvi Modi, a geopolitical journalist and traveler. To learn more about Charvi and to hear additional episodes from this podcast, visit apologies-podcast.com. I'm Lindsay Whistle-Fenton. Thank you for being here for this episode of the Apologies Podcast. If you haven't already yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And then if you want to go an extra mile, it would be so helpful if you would rate and review this series on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts because of the algorithms and all the things. It helps other people find the podcast, which gives us a bigger pool of connections to make as we embark on this journey of healing. The Apologies Podcast is a production of Empathic Media, LLC. It's hosted, produced, and edited by me, Lindsay Whistle-Fenton, with music by Taizo Audio. If you have an apology you'd like to share, and you'd like to be considered to be a guest on the Apologies Podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out by going to apologies-podcast.com contact.